This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Are the Cavs going to make a trade? Will the Warriors try to upgrade their roster? Is Anthony Davis the kind of player to carry his team to wins? The only question left is, say it with me, you win. Hey sports fans, Coach Nick here and welcome to the B-Ball Breakdown podcast slash live show slash Dave wants to talk while I'm starting to do my intro. So here, welcome to the show. Dave, thank you for joining us. As always, glad to be uh, back with you on Periscope. We haven't spoken in a little while, and it's time to do some talking about the NBA. How's it going? Your, your, your season's over. Yeah, it is. Uh, I coached my last game Thursday night, and, uh, you know, it was sad. Uh, I'm going to miss those kids, and, uh, you know, it, it was a fun time. Yeah. It sounded like you went out with a bang a couple of games before that, too. Oh, yeah, I did. I, well, I was kicked out with a bang. Um, it was uh, it was interesting. Okay. Three well, technicals. Well, three well, technicals. I, I don't know how it's possible for a coach to get three technicals. Uh, I mean, they were back to back to back. I, I did ask for the second one, to be fair. Okay. Well, Literally, you're supposed to only get yeah. two, then you're gone, right? So how do you get the third? Uh, I don't know. There was an old thing where I guess they used to be able to give up to four, and some of the refs haven't caught up. So. Uh, okay. Well, awesome. Well, let's talk about the Cavs because, you know, they had an interesting game against the Houston Rockets. I was looking forward to watching it, thinking, okay, let's see where they're at. They had some, a couple of days off even maybe in that whole stretch, and uh, it didn't go so well for them. Uh, what were your initial reaction to that? Uh, yeah, I mean, the Rockets just looked like they were out there playing against no one. It was um, – yeah. I don't know, man. If you're if you're the Cavs, uh, you've got to be embarrassed. Um, I, I've never seen LeBron look the way he looked during that game. I think he only took ten shots in the whole game. I don't have the box score up in front of me, um, you know. But uh, yeah, he looked passive, and uh, you know the Rockets are just a be- they're a better team, first of all. But are they a thirty-five? 30 point better team than the Cavs. I don't know. So they still had the same effort issues. They still got the same personnel issues and, and it's not, it has not changed. And I don't see a way that this personnel is going to get any better at the things that they're struggling at. So uh, I expect the next few days to be quite busy in Cleveland. I know, but that's a big problem because they really don't have anybody to trade except for Kevin Love and he's injured now. So he's, no one's going to trade for him. Uh, I, I think that they're screwed. They're not going to get a deal done, right? Like, what deal could they possibly make that's going to help them get better? I mean, in the Nets pick is by far their best asset. By far. And according to Brian Windhorse and Zach Lowe and multiple other people who are reporting, the Cavaliers have no intention on trading the, the, the Nets pick. Um, the Nets actually have, like, one of the hardest schedules in the league, this, you know, for the last... Oh, 30 right? games or whatever. Yeah, so there's a chance that that pick looks better at the end of, or in the middle of April than it does today. So, I mean, you know, we'll see. But but also, 
I don't know, man. It's it's a tough spot, and it's the same tough spot that they've been in since October. Or wait, when was the when was the Kyrie trade? September. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, Isaiah Thomas. I don't know if he'll ever be back. I know that you you dealt with a similar hip issue, and and you've and you've said since the beginning, hey, this is not something that you come back from. You you just don't quite recover the same. And uh, I think we're seeing that currently. I mean, he's been back for a little bit now. We should be seeing normal Isaiah, and it's just not happening. Yeah, and I was I'm looking carefully at it on the TV, and I asked my buddy Tommy Tepes over at B Bi- Biomechanics to look. And if he's noticing any kind of gait things that would indicate that there's some pain in the hip and it's not balanced, and he says he does, um, you know, the thing I would look for is sort of shuffling back and forth. That's sort of what happens when your hip starts to go is you kind of get a side-to-side action going. Uh, and, again, he can play at, like, a pretty top level, but it's just extremely painful, like, after the game, and he's got to deal with probably a lot of pain medication in between to deal with that, uh, deep tissue massages. So you could probably get to the point where it's not quite bothering you too much, but, again, when you're playing, I mean, hey, I, I was playing on it, uh, you know, in my level on, like, you know, high-level pickup, I suppose, four times a week, you know, but that's not even close to what he's going through. So, uh, and, you know, and even I don't even know, like if you play four pickup games right over the course of an hour and a half, like I, I still don't think that that would encapsulate 32 minutes of an NBA game. And it probably doesn't even get close. So anyway, the point being that uh, and I played really hard. So it wasn't like I was loafing around out there. But even still, uh, I have to imagine it's going to be a problem for him. And, yeah, rest isn't going to help necessarily. And neither does does, you know, exercise. So it's a tough situation to be in. Did they have to trade Kyrie? No, they didn't. That that's the crazy part. I mean, you know, if you've listened to any David Griffin's uh, podcast interviews where he's talked about this, or or even on his Sirius XM show, um, yeah, his intention was never to trade Kyrie unless Kyrie said he wanted out. Well, but David Griffin was the guy who was he was put he was checking out deals. David Griffin is the was the guy that kind of like held all these relationships together. So. You know, once David Griffin was out, the story that he told on, I, I believe it was, uh, it was a podcast with uh, David Thorpe and Tom Havistro, uh, maybe like a month ago. It was fantastic. And I, he laid the whole thing out there. And, and his intention was not to trade Kyrie. Kyrie wanted to trade because he was being shopped. That's it. Okay. That's how it started. So, um, no, they did not have to trade Kyrie. And I think that was a huge mistake, as we're seeing right now. Um, you know? Right. Well, I mean, that's another question is, if a player demands a trade, and he's a good player like that, like, can you weather that storm ever? Or do you have to simply say, we, we have to do it? Because in theory, the, the, the player doesn't have, have, has no leverage, right? He's going right. to have to play. He's under contract. Uh, I'm trying to remember, did James Harden didn't, didn't demand a trade, right? They just no. knew that it wasn't going to work, right, in OKC? Yeah. Yeah, um, the, the they were worried about the tax, and um, and and he wouldn't accept less than than the max deal that he got. Uh, okay, when he so, was tra- yeah. so kind of ipso facto demanded the trade in some weird way, yeah, right? Kind of, not really. I mean, it, that was a that was put down as a financial issue, um, but you know, it was a mistake. Uh, <laughs> but back to back to Cleveland, you know, I just I, I refuse to believe that that relationship was beyond repair. Um, you know, Lamarcus Aldridge asked for a trade as well, and he and Pop worked it out. Yeah, I just think if you've got a good person in there making basketball decisions that has a good relationship with the players, which David Griffin, from all every report we've ever heard, that's the case. 
He's a real professional front NBA front office guy. Um, that that they they figure out a way to to make these things work so that at least you know um, if you don't keep the player, you at least get the best deal available. And maybe this was the best deal available. I, I don't know. Well, that was it. They were arguing with Roach and uh, Zach Loder. They were arguing in the podcast about that if that was the best deal. It might have been, sort of. Um, you know, you never kind of get the value back for a star like when you trade someone like Kyrie anyway. But um, I, I have to imagine, like, yeah, if Isaiah had been able to play since day one and wasn't hurt and could play anywhere near what we saw last year, yeah, um, I would still say it's you know it's probably not the worst. But it's, here's the thing: is you have a guaranteed Finals appearance with that team, yeah, and then you know they they traded it away for some stuff now. Uh, in theory, they were trying to improve that finals appearance uh, they're, they're, or that, you know, approve upon that by bringing in Crowder, which uh, in theory would have been better. But, you know, you hear from some of the Boston guys that like, you know, maybe Crowder really wasn't that good of a defender. And it was with Brad Stevens and his system that really helped him. And you know what? Isaiah Thomas might have been really helped as well in that whole situation. Suddenly, remember how we, you talk about Mike D'Antoni's offense would create, you know, these players that would have these amazing seasons on offense and then never recreate them again anywhere else? Chris Duhon. Chris Duhon. Um, who's the guy who played uh, for the Lakers? Oh, he was like a like a six nine, like small forward. Oh, Earl uh, Clark. Yeah, Clark. You know, and he never looked as good as he did with, with D'Antoni. Well, Brad Stevens might be even a more profound effect because, in theory, he might even help you on the defensive end too, uh, some, with the system and the way they teach it or something. Um, and so we're seeing that now. I mean, listen, Kyrie, I think, is a different player too. And that, even though the, the Cavs fans you know, can't bear to admit that. I, it, it, he just plays differently, even though we don't necessarily see it in the stats. You know what I mean? There's just something different about the style. And it's not even a, a, a knock on the Cavs. It's just, you know, it, it is a different style, but it's, I think it's better. So there you go. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I think that Brad Stevens has, has done an amazing job as a coach there. I mean, you know, he's overachieved almost every single season, including this one where, where they lost Gordon Hayward, you know, three minutes into the season. Um, is it a surprise it, where they are now to you? A little bit. And I still think that, I mean, if you dig into the numbers a little bit, they've played a little bit. <laughs> I just said a little bit four times or whatever. Uh, yes, it's late. Um, but if you dig into the numbers, you can see, yes, they're playing a little bit above their head. I mean, their offense is atrocious, uh, especially without Kyrie. I, I guess even with Kyrie, it's not good. It's just that Kyrie is really good. Um, their defense is great. Um, but, yeah, they, they're not – I don't know. I, I don't think they should necessarily be the one seed. They had that really hot stretch, and that sort of propelled them to where they are now. But with that being said, when I mean, we watched them play the Golden State Warriors, who are for sure the best team in the league, and they were hanging with them the whole time. So what do I know? Yeah, well, I think that's the, be uh, the beauty of Brad Stevens is he can teach his players how to play up. So they could rise to that occasion and do that. And in a, in a playoff series, you got to give them, you know, a lot of, um, you know, consideration there. Uh, it, at the very least, to make it to the conference finals and then maybe beyond. Um, but, you know, you're right. There is definitely something there. When Kyrie is out, it's a troubling uh, look for them on offense. And, you know, things just kind of need to be exactly right. Whereas, in theory, with Gordon Hayward, you had some leeway to, you know, not have it be perfect all the time. And so that's the only other question. I don't, I don't know if it's a great idea that Gordon is sort of teasing people with the notion of that he's been around now in the, in the, in the media in a way that we wonder if, he, uh, if he's coming back. I, I just, you know, again, I think we're both on the same page. He shouldn't come back. It's not worth it for what he went through. Uh, do you want to know the numbers on the on-off on numbers for Kyrie? Yes. Okay. 
So Irving, uh, when Kyrie's on the floor, the offensive rating is 108.4. When he's off, it's 99. It's an, almost a nine-point drop. Uh, that's a pretty big drop. Uh, and then his net rating is plus 6.6 on the, on the court. And then when he's off, it's plus 2.1. So they're actually doing okay, um, you know, locking guys down and just sort of, uh, you know, scoring enough when he's off. So, you know, there's, that's, that's encouraging if, I was, Again, if you're a Celtics fan. I don't think they're a bad team. I just don't I don't think they're this juggernaut that they sort of look like if you just look at their record. And maybe that doesn't even look like a juggernaut. They won a lot of really close games. Um, you know, they, they beat uh, Al Horford hit a buzzer beater yesterday uh, to beat to beat yep. uh, Portland. So, you know, it's just it is what it is. Um, there's the Golden State Warriors. Then I think below them, there's the Houston Rockets. And then it's just everybody else. And, you know, it's unfortunate. I, I'm. I really was looking – I mean, I hate to say this, but I was looking forward to the Cavs, I don't know, catching fire at some point and looking like they were going to be a contender. But I just don't – I don't think this is going to be one of those years where, where they can just turn it on. I, I think that that time has passed. Maybe LeBron has lost just enough of a step. Um, you know, I dug into the numbers a little bit. And the last month – I mean, January was one of the worst months of his career. Oh, yeah, his right? numbers. Yeah, his efficiency numbers were. I mean, he just shot the ball. Not not great. It it was it was really bad. Um, and he just looked tired. You know, when you watch the games, there's a lot of that. Where whether it's you know, a, a lot of people are claiming indifference, but I just refuse to believe that LeBron James is indifferent if he's in a basketball game. Um, well, I, I although. I, I see indifference, but I, I kind of see it. When we, I mean, I did a video on how NBA stars rest on defense, and you should watch it if you haven't because it's really good. Um, and I see the indifference certainly on the defensive end, and I also sense that, like, these guys probably aren't getting along, right? It just doesn't feel like these guys are getting along at all in the locker room, and that, you know, seems kind of apparent too. So you're mixing some things up, which makes it different than the years past, even though they might not have all this. This just feels different and primarily because of that. Like there just seems to be a lot of infighting in the locker room. And then the, the biggest problem is if he's going to try and rest on defense like he would normally do or kind of want to do. The bottom line is he's, he's still the leader. And that's what's going to, you know, everyone else is going to follow his cue. And that's the biggest issue. And, you know, again, I guess is the point. The point was they've always been able to turn it on on defense and play a lot better. Right, and, and that was the fact of the matter, right? The last couple of years, right? Right. But man, doesn't it just doesn't feel right? It doesn't feel that way now. And, uh, and I guess we say it every year, though. So maybe we're going to be wrong again. I, I don't know. I hope so. I'm not. I'm not ready for yeah. for the. You know, I, I like having LeBron in the finals. I think it's fun. You know what it's like? Okay, I, I'm going to actually mention football. Can you believe this? Okay. At some point. You know, like Tom Brady can't just lead you down the field for the game-winning thing in the last 30, 40 seconds of a game. You know, you can't do it every time, right? Just what doesn't happen. just won't happen. Law of averages, whatever. Uh, you know, the Cavaliers are probably in that same position. Sure. I did not, I did not watch the Super Bowl. I did not watch a single down of football this year. I, I, well, I went to a party a neighbor had, and I, so I'm embarrassed to say I watched it. I really just watched the commercials. Well, don't be embarrassed. It is what well, it listen, is. I, I watched Mindhunter. Oh, isn't that great? It's really good. And by it's the way, really you should, the, what makes it better is that the, the star is uh, the, was the guy who played King George in Hamilton, which I don't know if you've seen Hamilton, but I haven't seen Hamilton. It's it's a, just an amazing transformation in. for him to play that role and then to be in, in Mindhunter. So, uh, yeah. I, by the way, I, what episode are you on in Mindhunter? I, I I finished it. All right. So you're as pissed off as I am with the way it ended. 
<laughs> at the last yeah. show. Yeah, yeah, uh, it was not. Yeah. It's all time cliffhanger. Like, what? Like, how can you leave us there? And it's like they built up this whole thing. We're waiting. Now we got to wait till like when does it even come on? Do we know? I have no idea. Probably I just started not. watching The Wire again, year. by the way. I just finally Dude. tried to start watching it for the fifth time in a row or fifth time oh. again, uh, to watch it again to get through the third episode. And I get, apparently that it's the fourth one, the fourth episode of season one that gets you, I think, right? Yeah, I don't know. I was there with episode one. I, I love The Wire. Yeah. I don't know. I've tried and I've gotten through like the, you know, the three episodes probably two different times and just kind of don't make it. So I'm trying again. Give me get the fight. Oh, uh, man, should we go some questions? Show. Yeah, let's do it. All right, let's see some questions here because this is Periscope as well, and we want to talk to our to the people who are out there. Um, let's, well, let's see. Legendary NBA said LeBron looks like the most disinterested I've seen him in years, which is true. We just mentioned that. Uh, oh, okay. And then he also wanted to know: Do you think that Coach Lou is in the hot seat if a deal doesn't get done? Now that's interesting because I believe they came out and gave him the, uh, a, a big vote of confidence, right? Yeah, but what, that doesn't mean anything. <laughs> that, you know, like the vote of confidence is just like. The GM coming out and saying, we're not trading this person or whatever. Come on. Like, what, what are they supposed to say? Um, right. Now, with that being said, they're not going to fire Lou. And I, I don't think they should. Um, you know, at, at this point, it's too late, first of all. You're not bringing in a new coach in February and, yeah. and fixing the problems. Uh, who, so who do they have? They have Larry Drew? I guess. I don't, the bench. I don't know. But – but I, I don't they're not going to fire him. I, so, you know, let's just say that that's unrealistic. I mean, I guess if they miss the playoffs, he'd be fired. But then that's after the season. Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, or, that's, or well, if that's, they were mathematically eliminated. Right. I mean, listen, they're tied for third right now. Seven and a half games behind with the Wizards, you know, only a game and a half in front of the fifth place Bucks who are coming on. Um, yeah. I mean, right. So they're in danger of, uh, of falling to. They're four and a half games. So they're four and a half games ahead of the Sixers who are in the eighth spot. And the Pistons are, are, are tied for that, that eighth spot. So, I mean, they're four and a half games ahead of uh, the, the team outside of the playoffs. Yep. Now, four and a half games can definitely be made up in, in the remaining uh, what's left in the schedule. We've got what, 30 games left, roughly. Um I'm not saying it's outside the realm of possibility, but it is not a good sign when Tyron Lu has to come out and say, we are definitely making the playoffs. <laughs> yeah, not right? terrible. Like, that's not great. Like, if you had said to me that, that before the All-Star break, he was going to come out and have to say that they're not going to miss the playoffs, I, I would have been shocked. I would have thought LeBron got hurt. Right, yeah. Well, and, and again, what, what they have is, is you know uh, – uh, LeBron and you know this is the question like what team how bad does the team have to be for LeBron to join it and get them into the playoffs or get them into the conference finals right and so we on Twitter someone asked me that so it's like could, could he do it with the Suns or could he do it with um, you know who's last in the uh, East could he do it with the Hawks the, or like, the Magic could he get the Hawks in the playoffs I think so <laughs> I think he could <laughs> yeah I, I mean, think like, so too the I Hawks think he could get might... any team in the playoffs the Hawks, well, get into the playoffs, yes. But, you know, I've, I've wondered if the Hawks might have, especially with Kevin Love out, the Hawks could have a better supporting cast around LeBron than the Cavs do. Oh, wow. How's that for a video idea? I, it's, it's crazy, isn't it? Like, it's weird to think about. And most of this is just because it's regular season, and these guys are old, and so some of them may not even be trying hard. Um, but I don't know, like – 
who would have thought that J.R. Smith would just forget how to shoot? Yeah. And Tristan Thompson's knee would act up and he couldn't, you know, he, he wasn't lost enough athleticism that he wasn't able to do the things that he did well, you know, to the point where he should be on the court. Um, Jay Crowder last year, you know, wasn't wasn't great. Now that you go back and you look at it in hindsight, he you know hadn't been great this year at all. Um, Isaiah Thomas not not doing well. Meanwhile in Atlanta, I mean, you'd have uh, Schroeder, you'd have Bazemore, you'd have Tarian Prince, you'd have John Collins, you'd have Dwayne Dedman, you'd have I mean, you'd have guys. Yeah, Ray right? Silva, Bellinelli. I think you're right. Wow. <laughs> I think you're right. I, and again, like it was just when you said that, I was just I was just thinking out loud. But like it, it's it's really weird. And and part of that, man, is just that these guys are old. Um, and, you know, I don't know if you read the Windhorse stuff. He made it. He made a really interesting point about guys that haven't been through it with, with LeBron acting like they they should be getting the respect like the same like the guys that have been through it i thought that was a really interesting point and um you know we we talked quite a bit about it kind of going at kevin love well kevin love is still a good basketball player and it has not been since he came back um the other night they you know it was talking about uh previous teams he'd been on and their their defensive uh what do you want to call what what he was saying? The effort, I guess, where guys were jumping on the floor, and I got what he meant. He meant hustling, working hard, things like that. So you know, I'm sorry, man, but like if you live in a glass house, right. maybe don't sit around throwing rocks. Right. It it is the worst defender on that team by a long shot. He's yep. worse than Derrick Rose. By the way, the two of them shared the court the other night. Oh, I know. <laughs> I, I mentioned rocks. that. Yeah, when he came back, it was the fabled. Uh, that's my tweet. I had a little thing, and then he got scored on really easily. And I was like, the fabled Rose Thomas backcourt, uh, which, yeah, it, it was kind of shocking. They want to try and play those guys together, but that shows you where they're at, where they're just kind of like desperate to get minutes for people and just throw some stuff in the wall and hope something sticks. Uh, should we go to the West a little bit? I think we should, you know, pivot a little bit to talk about the West because I think uh, the DYL asked a good question where he said, "Should the Warriors be making McCaw available?" And I know on Twitter we were talking about this about an hour ago. Um, what are your thoughts? Um, his restricted free agency this summer is going to be potentially be tricky, although he hasn't kind of blown up like you and I thought he might. Um, so yeah. maybe that number won't be too bad. Uh, and they will have his bird rights, so they can bring him back. It's just money. But but they may be looking to replace him with you know a minimum guy or – uh, another guy on a rookie uh, a rookie deal, so like a, you know either right. with their late first or a second rounder. I, I'm not sure. Um, the the trade that Zach Lowe floated in his column today I thought was really interesting. Apparently, one that's kind of been kicked around is McCaw for Joe Harris. Yeah, I like that a lot. I mean, he he would add some shooting coming off the bench, um, uh, essentially like a Clay Thompson light. <laughs> yeah. You know? uh, by the way, and he finishes at the at the basket well. If you haven't seen the, this version of Joe Harris, who, by the way, when he came into the league in, with Cleveland, I really liked what he was doing. He looked like he was going to fit in really well. And I, and I, I, do you know what happened? Like he just like gave up on him so quickly, and then he was gone. It was weird. I mean, it just it just happens sometimes. I think, especially with Cleveland, that you know, it just seemed like they were getting in all those veteran guys. Okay. So. 
you weird know, because he you make he, space. he looks so good now. I watched him the other day where he was just scoring at will and like hitting threes, you know, yeah. floaters at the basket. And that's the problem is McCaw has probably a lot more upside defensively, and we've seen him shoot well at times. But it, yeah, it's just been frustrating to watch him. He's just going too fast, you know, and he doesn't have enough. Like he doesn't have enough base, uh, enough balance, right. basically, I, and he's, he's trying I to do liked, everything too much, too fast. I like what they were doing with McCaw early in the season, where they were giving him more ball handling responsibility. I felt like he was getting into a better rhythm then. I mean, he was making mistakes, but this is what the regular season's for for championship contenders. You know, yeah. you, you, it's the laboratory. You're treating it like that way. Um, you know, Stevens was doing this the other night with his crazy lineups, where he had, I mean, he had Tice and he had Baines playing together. Uh, with semi Ojale. I mean, it, you know, it's just some some kind of crazy kooky lineups. Obviously, Pop is the best at this. And, um, you know, I, I liked what they were doing. And then they kind of went away from it. And, um, you know, I'm not quite sure why. Maybe maybe there was a, you know, an issue with confidence or something like that. But, yeah, yeah I mean, we both really like McCaw. But I think that for them, if they're going to lose McCaw this summer or not bring him back, let's say, sort of like they did with Ian Clark, it would make sense for them to get a guy who's going to be a better player right now, and that would probably be Joe Harris, right? right. I think that's not a bad trade for them. Absolutely, and that's the point, because they, they actually could afford to bring McCall along a little bit longer and, and let him develop more, but they're, they're in win-now mode. They, you know what I mean? Any chance they can get to improve uh, a player, uh, they will do that. There was without question. You know, they can't afford to uh, rest on their laurels either, because I have to tell you, there are, there are more moments in games this year with the Warriors where – it doesn't feel as invincible as we might think. Uh, for, for whatever reason, there's something about it when they go with these cold stretches and they look very mortal. Um, and the cold stretches don't necessarily reflect the defense, even though I know people will say, uh, even when they get open, if you're playing really hard defense and then you know, those open shots become that much harder too because they're not used to being it, they're, they're out of rhythm. I don't know, man. I can just tell you that there are those moments when they're collectively getting cold and uh, it, looks, it doesn't look as good uh, as it would normally do. So... I don't know. Well, I, I, that's you know, why they probably want to upgrade a little bit. Well, yeah, I, I tell you, one of the teams that they just lost to twice, the Denver Nuggets. Um, you know, they've they've kind of got their Steph Curry clone. I mean, of course, he's not quite there yet. But Jamal Murray, Gary Harris, who's a good kind of Clay Thompson light. Wait, you better you ball see handler. Jamal Murray in the Steph Curry? I mean, oh, their names yeah. rhyme, but I don't no, know. That's about all I there, get. There's there's a lot of there's a lot of. Curry's game in Murray. Now, Murray's also 20 years old. So, let, I mean, you know, okay. let's not jump to any conclusions, but I think that there's a lot of uh, Curry in, in All right. Jamal I mean, Murray's I mean, game. I think that Murray is 100 times better as an athlete, A, right? So that's not what you're talking about, I guess, right? Oh, I don't know. Curry is a really good athlete. Not Steph Curry's like, a very good athlete. But Murray can, like, play above the rim, right? I mean, he can kind of... Murray? Right? Kind like, of. I mean, kind of. I, I just think he's, he's a really good shooter. He's a decent ball handler, um, good passer. Not again. He's not Steph. Curry, it's Steph Curry clone. Steph Curry light. All right. Before, uh, before I get I'm all not, these, I'm tweets. not feeling that. But but I, listen, I like Murray a lot, and I, I'm so glad yeah, to yeah. see him develop. Remember, we were. I mean, I, I, all we wanted to do last year was like, please put Moody, Moody in the bench. Let Murray just have those yeah. minutes right away. Uh, and yeah, we're, and we're seeing it now. And they're. I mean, yeah, Denver is going to be one of those teams if they can get Millsap back and he can kind of fit in at all. They're they're the team that no one's going to want to play, especially because they're going to have the uh, advantage at home. You know, I don't know if they're right. going to have home, you know home court advantage in the first round, whatever. But that's going to be a real advantage for them in the playoffs. 
yeah, I mean, they, they still will get home games. Right. You know, <laughs> so that's that's one thing. But um, I just, man, I love that team. I think Gary Harris is fantastic. Obviously, we, we like Nikola Jokic. Um, Trey Lyles is, is going to be a nice scorer for them off the bench when Millsap gets back in the lineup, which I'm hoping is after the All-Star break. Yeah. Um, that team, I think, is poised to take off. And then uh, the Utah Jazz have been just insane the last few games um i mean they they've have. won six in a row all right i got some numbers for you for the utah jazz perfect although oh here it is okay so overall for the season where is the season here it is okay so their their net rating is 1.2 and their offensive rating for the whole season is 105.8 because if you notice over the last like 10 games they're eight and two and they've had this big explosion offensively so in the last 10 games, though, their offensive rating has gone from, like, it's 105.8 for the whole season. It's 113.9. And it's probably even higher over the last, like, five games, which I can do real quick in a second. They are just lighting teams up across the board, and it's, like, hard to imagine what's going on. Can you give us any insight? Well, they're shooting above, like, 50% on threes. That helps. Yeah. The last right? five games, their offense rating is 121.3, which is, like, yeah. you know, the number one by far. So, yeah. And their net rating is 21. Like they're, they're just killing teams by 20 points the last five games, maybe even more. Yeah. So, crazy. Yeah, uh, Rubio has been fantastic. Looks like he's really like got his legs under him. Obviously, having your best player missing for most of the season, he's back, he's healthy, uh, Gobert. Yeah. Uh, so that helps them quite a bit on both ends of the ball because he is not just a defensive player. Right, because his hands uh, are so good. He, yeah, they're, they're okay. Okay. But he does he does a lot of stuff offensively that really helps that team. Sure. Um, and then I mean tonight it was Rodney Hood. Rodney Hood had an incredible game. Uh, hey, hey. Yeah. Finally. I mean, you know, if he if he could just stay healthy and keep the you know string these games together, then he's going to get himself paid this summer. But this has been a year that's almost a lost year for him with the injuries and stuff. Uh, Joe Ingles has been fantastic the, the last few games. Um, just seems like the guys are kind of clicking, and I. I would put that on having a healthy Gobert in the lineup. I, I really think that continuity, chemistry, things like that are important for a basketball team. I mean, we, you and I talk about that all the time. Yeah. Um, you, you know, look at the Raptors. You know, you get these guys together, these starting lineups, uh, the Wizards, when they're all there, you know, they, they always play really well. And Quinn Snyder's done a hell of a job coaching this team. Uh, his offense is very much, it's an egalitarian offense, and the ball finds the guys who are hot. And I think that that's really important. Yeah. Um, and tonight it was Rodney Hood. The other night it was Ricky Rubio, who just was insane. Yeah, it's crazy. Now, they're three games behind the eighth spot and three and a half games behind the sixth spot. Are they making the playoffs? I think I think they will. I worry about the Pelicans um, with, without Boogie. I mean, you know, if you lose a top 25 player, it's just hard to – you know, replace that production. Oh, you're uh, gonna you're gonna you're gonna say top twenty five. That's it's the highest you're gonna go with for Boogie. No, 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 no. I'm just saying a top twenty five player. Okay, I'm not, I'm not I'm not making any. This is not me saying Boogie is like twenty four, twenty five, or anything like that. Right. No. I'm well, just saying, here's the lose, thing: if your team loses a top twenty five player, it's hard to replace that production. Yeah. So, they, but they still have team. one. Sure, and and it's great. I mean, they've got a guy who's like top six or something like that, right? So they lost, they lost a guy who's like, I don't know, 11 or 12th, and they've still got one guy. Yeah. But what else do they have? Right. And they're 5-5. Five and five. They lost two in a row. Um, I don't know. I think I might need to do a video, the definitive once-and-for-all video to explain why 
Anthony Davis gives me some pause. I don't know why. I can't put my finger on it, but there's something about I mean, the numbers are there, but there's something about the way he plays that just doesn't make me feel like he's really a dominating superstar. Okay. All right. Now, is it because he will not play the five? Uh, yeah. I mean, well, I don't know. I mean, it, maybe I guess we need to see it a little bit more before we can make that decision. But right, he would probably be. Uh, I think. Yeah, where you're going is if he did play the five, you should destroy teams, right? Right. Because you can have, and certainly for like five minutes a game, whatever it is, they couldn't handle that, right? No, no center. They'd have to go. They'd have to go small too and play Draymond the five or whatever. Right. So yeah, that makes like sense ten, to me. Go, tonight, yeah. tonight there was a there was a stretch where um, there was a stretch where Gobert was having to guard Anthony Davis on the wing because Anthony Davis was playing the five, and I was even saying, you know what, you got Snyder's got to get Gobert out of there. You can't have him, especially with the knee issue this this year. You know, you want to take it easy. Um, so, and that's where that's a matchup nightmare. A traditional five trying to guard Anthony Davis on the wing, or yeah. a more traditional five, I should say. Well, by the way, B-ball um, ref has him playing center at thirty four percent of the time this year, which is he, he sure. apparently last year was sixty four percent. Right. He just doesn't like it. It, this is like a Tim Duncan thing. It's, it's not like Tim it's going to be too thing. too physical, though, now. No, no, no. The game doesn't work that way. So this he doesn't like it because he's down, down low. He's not moving around I, enough? I don't know, man. Kevin Durant's seven feet tall and is listed at 6'9 like, on purpose. Right. I don't understand some of the decisions that people make. Right. Like Tim and, Duncan was listed as a power forward for his entire career, despite the fact that he was a center. <laughs> right. I mean, okay. Uh, yeah, so you know, so the Anthony Davis conundrum is, a, is an interesting thing where, you know, you can't argue. Let's, let's look, look at his numbers. His numbers right now per game, 27 points a game, 10.6 rebounds, 2.5 assists, 1.2 steals, 2.1 blocks, not a lot of turnovers, shoots 54.5% from the field. He's shooting two, two threes a game and 35%, so almost average, basically. But there's just something lacking that when I don't get that feeling when I watch him and I uh, – and, I, and I, I think we're kind of seeing it. He's not that. He's certainly not the kind of guy who's going to carry your team to wins, right? Um, I, I just don't know that the NBA is the type of place where one guy can do it, unless that one guy is LeBron. And even LeBron, listen, I think we forget the year that LeBron went back to Cleveland and they got Kevin Love and they had Kyrie. Remember, they were going to roll off. Oh man, this team is like the the new super team, and they're going to threepeat and all this stuff. And then the Warriors kind of came out of nowhere. They didn't really come out of nowhere because they had a nice showing in the playoffs before, but came out of nowhere to come win the championship that first year. And then all of a sudden, the narrative switched. And it was, well, LeBron needs more help and all this stuff. Yeah. Well, listen, so, James Harden is a guy that will carry your team to wins. Sure. Um, Russell Westbrook could, it could be that guy mm. sometimes. Um, yeah, I know. But he is. <laughs> Right, you saw sure. them when, when they beat the Warriors. It's like Russ, you know, he could be that guy. So sure. I'm telling you, that's not the way Anthony Davis is. It's not like a knock on him. He no. probably needs a guy like Boogie next to him, but I'm not sure that it's Boogie in that position that should be next to him. Right? He needs the Kawhi Leonard next to him, or the James Harden next to him. That seems to be the thing he needs. Or a Kevin Durant. Place. Or uh, uh, Kevin. I mean, Kevin Durant. Wow. So you want to have him in center and Kevin Durant at the power forward or something like that? Oh, yeah. That would be amazing. Yeah, that would be interesting. <laughs> sure. Uh, yeah. So there, So that's, that's you know, he, he and it's it's just more of a mindset maybe than anything else. And um, it's not his fault if he doesn't have that mindset. It's just not the way he's built. 
but as a result, he's, yeah, he's just, that leaves something for me lacking that, uh, that, that most guys in his stratosphere have and you know, kind of need. And so he's that good that he can kind of be that way and still rack up these numbers. But they're, they're just sort of hollow. They don't lead to victories like other players do. Yeah, I mean, and it may be true, but I mean, he has carried that team to the playoffs before. Um, you know, they they lost to the Warriors, but uh, he did take them right. to the playoffs. And as of right now, he's he's been the best player on a team that looks like it could be in the playoffs as long as they don't continue to fall off. So, you know, I mean, I don't know. I'm going to argue with you on that one. I think Anthony Davis is a really, really good player who – also contributes to winning. And you know what? If I go through the footage like I want to do maybe this week, I might end up agreeing with you. I, I never yeah. really just sort of focus only on Anthony Davis and just really looked at what he does. And I, I might change my mind. So we'll see. And but I it's mean, always my feeling when I watch Pelican games and just sort of, right. you know. Let, let's not forget that he's, he's also never really had like a good wing on that team. And it's a wing league. Yeah. Um, Drew Holiday has been the point guard. You know, it, it's, it's, it's a... You know, GMs make these teams. I, I, I hate to fault a player when, you know, especially yeah. a, a guy who's still under his rookie deal, essentially. Um, I mean, he's on his extension, but you know what I mean. Um, and he, uh, he, I don't know, doesn't really have a whole lot of choice. And not it's not his fault that they signed Solomon Hill to that big contract. And, right. you know, Drew Holiday's making $25 million, You know, so. Yeah. yeah All right, let's, let's do... As we wrap this up, let's go through rapid fire, 10 second answers, and we'll get through a bunch of questions right away. Okay. You ready? All right, let's do it. Let's do it. Do you expect Boston to make a trade? Yes. Interesting. Uh, I do. Yes. Okay. That's Marcus think, Smart, right? I think Marcus Smart's getting moved. Okay. Is John Wall being absent and the, and the Wizards winning for real? Yes. The ball, the ball is not sticking. The ball is moving a lot more. Does it mean that they're better without John Wall? No. Interesting. Uh, it looks better. It looks better to me just on aesthetics, aesthetics. And I like Bradley Beal so much that it's like fun to watch him get yeah, more opportunities. Uh, who will the best rookie three years from now? Who will be the best rookie three years from now? Ah, Jesus. I don't know. Donovan do Mitchell. Know? Donovan Mitchell. No, oh, I, think I means, see. I'm thinking of like be best? in three years, right. a rookie. How are you going to know? Okay. Yeah. Donovan Mitchell? Interesting. Okay. Um, I mean, probably Ben Simmons, but Donovan Mitchell. Right. Okay. Oh, that's a good answer. Okay. Was Paul George a cancer in Indianapolis last year? Ooh, I, no, I've never heard anything. Yeah, I don't think so either. I think he just yeah. kind of, yeah, it was a distraction, but I wouldn't call him a cancer. Right. Uh, should the Hawks make a run at Marcus Smart? The Hawks. No. Yeah. No. Doesn't no. really move the needle for me. Uh, no. And plus, what would they give him? What, what, what would the what would the, the Celtics want? Like they want a Baysmore? so what they want they want a first round pick so that they can get Tyreek Evans. What? Yeah. Yeah, they want to get Tyreek Evans. That's that's. Oh, the move. I see. So they need a pick to then trade it right away for Tyreek Evans. Right. Okay. Essentially, it'd be like a three-teamer. All right. Well, that's why you're on the show, Dave. There you um, go. <laughs> Dennis Smith Jr. looking real good again. Finals predictions: Who makes it out of both conferences? Warriors and. Oh, do you have the Warriors? Yeah, Warriors. Okay. And uh... don't say it. Starts with the T, ends with the no. Mm. <laughs> Warriors and Celtics. Okay, I, I, I might go Toronto. I mean, I love just, Toronto. Let's man, just burn the Cavs' house down right now. Yeah. What is Giannis's best position? Ooh, I think he's a five. I think he's a, a point five. Yeah, 
I think that's his best position for sure. Not that he needs to play it the whole game, but that's probably right. where he gets the most. And we, we need those stats. We need breaking out stats based on where they're playing in the position uh, because I want to know, and I, think, I don't think we've seen that, right? Does anyone do that, Dave? Uh, someone does. I think maybe cleaning the glass does it. Oh, really? Oh, get the friend yeah. of the breakdown, Ben Falk. We'll have to get him on the show and talk about that. Um, what do you, uh, let's see here. What are you guys liking about Sadoransky and the Wizards? Uh, I don't know. I have to, I've, I've only watched the Wizards a little bit recently, and Sadoransky is one of those guys like McCaw who I've been kind of waiting for, and every, you know, there's, there's glimpses, but he's probably had more glimpses than McCaw has of being yeah. good. His defense is great. Um, especially in the pick and roll. And I mean, he's got so much length um, and size. Um, so, yeah, I mean, if his offense comes around, man, he's a really good player. Okay. Sounds good to me. When Portland makes a decision, who are they parting with, Dame or, or CJ? CJ. I don't think they're going to make the decision, though, do you? I, I, will Neil O'Shea make the decision? No. Okay. Oh, are you saying he's going to get rid of him? I don't know. Wow. I don't okay. have it. I don't have any sources on that. I'm just Shoo. saying. Okay. Well. Yeah. I don't have any sources on that. I'm just saying. Um, yeah. I, I. I just think it's. I mean, it's tough, man. Like, like Dame's numbers. If you look at them, like everything about it screams Hall of Fame. Dame. All of like his numbers. Damian Lillard. His numbers scream Hall of Fame. Oh. Uh, they. Okay. I, I got to look at them again. Um, I feel like there's an efficiency thing there that maybe not like, hold him back, right? Yeah. But, okay, Maybe. fine. Um, what is Jerry West's plan for the Clippers? Uh, tank. Ooh, okay. Rebu- re- rebuild. Okay. I, I think that the, the team they have right now, as of today, can make the playoffs and, and you know, be somewhat competitive. But, but who again, wants to be the eight seed? Yeah. Uh, and then we're going to find out if they're going to actually keep this team together, like we said, like, like it is today. Um, okay. I think we're going to wrap this up because I think there's some freezing going on. There's some weird stuff going on with the stream. But I know that the podcast will sound bright and clear tomorrow morning when we release this. So anyway, Dave, fantastic stuff. Really, uh, you know, I I like the 10-second answer stuff. We should do more of that. I agree. All right. Hey, if I can, can, before we wrap it up, I just want to, because I've been thinking about about Giannis quite a bit lately. Okay. Um, Giannis at the five, that that should be their, uh, like, in crunch time, he should be their five. Yeah, and and they won't find a better five in the league for them in crunch time. Sure, there's not you a could, single guy in the league. Like throw Middleton at power forward, um, you know. Or Snell. How about Jabari? Oh yeah, Jabari. Jabari you know, you go Jabari, um, Middleton, and then you can throw Snell, and then uh, Brock. Well, so. Brogdon got hurt, right? Yeah, Brogdon's out for like eight weeks or so. He's. Nice. I think he'll be back right before the playoffs. Okay, uh, but I mean, you got Bledsoe. Bledsoe, yes, that's a good. That's a that's that'll that'll win some games for you. So, uh, really great stuff. You know, again, we forgot to ask people to rate and review the the podcast live, like I should be doing. So, uh, if you like this podcast, you like what we're doing here, uh, head over to iTunes, give us a review, give us a rating. Um, I, I need more of those. I want some more feedback in writing. It's great to read those, and I'm always you know trying to keep my eye out to hear what people think. So, head on over there and do that, and that would be really help us. So, Dave. Yeah, another this was great good. show. Thank you for coming on, and uh, let's do it. Yeah, uh, um, Thursday. Yeah, trade deadline. Oh, we should have a show. We should do a show that night. A live show. Well, that night after the trade deadline, I'm so in. we can actually like break them down instead of like last year where <laughs> where we we were kind of uh, waiting for trades to happen. 
Okay. All right, we'll do it. We'll do it right this year. Yeah. So uh, stay tuned yeah. for that Thursday night, and uh, don't forget, sports fans, at B-Ball Breakdown, I'm not a channel, we're a conversation. You in? Are you in, Dave? Yes, I am. <laughs>